Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We are so excited to talk about some postseason baseball with all you wonderful listeners. But before we kick all that off, I need to bring on Mr. Lane Brady. What's up, Lane? Hey, Chuck. How you doing, man? Man, I am doing good. I am doing good. I went to a baseball game um, this weekend, and I did not get cooked. So, uh, Yeah, you know, I saw I finally... you back there. You bought the shady yeah. seats. That's right. We 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 went smart. I was out so. in the sun every single game. Yes. I don't yes. think I ever received a like even an inch of shade the entire weekend. So. I threw some shade at you. Yeah. There you go. There, just a little. Just yeah. a little shade. There you go. Well, uh, man, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is your birthday week, right? It is. My birthday is actually Friday. I get a birthday on Tanner Hall Day. Oh, so, Tanner Hall Day. Assuming Tanner Hall Day. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I think we got a question about that 42? coming up tonight, don't we? Do what? <laughs> What'd you about just your say? Age? <laughs> I turned what? 42? I said you turned 42, right? Boy, no. 42? Chuck, I ain't that old. <laughs> I turned 34. 34, I think. 33. I don't know. I quit keeping up when I hit 30. I think it's 34. That's what, yeah. People, you know, our younger listeners are like, how do you forget your age? As you get older, you just stop keeping track. You know, you know yeah. I'm still breathing. That's all that matters. So, My favorite part of my birthday is usually just getting to pick where we eat. That's <laughs> good. And every year he picks McDonald's. So. Sully's. Sully's. That's a good I choice. Get, they have the best cheesecake. I do go Sully's every time. Yeah. So, well, uh, we've got a pretty cool guest tonight, man. Um, we do. You, uh, we do. I'm impressed with your guest tonight. I did not it's, mean it's, to rhyme right then. It's all in who you know. I reached out to Jackson Kennedy, you know, who's been on our show, regardless of what Lane says or thinks. Um, and he, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jackson. He, he, I'm such a jerk, he, man. I, I feel bad. He hooked us up with this guest, but let's... Uh, Bring on Mr. Dima Mixon. What's up, Dima? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. We're excited. Guys, if you're looking for a good follow on Twitter, Dima's, Dima's your guy. I Literally, I get like half of my information about Southern Miss from Dima. He's, he's the guy. So for he's really? a good one. Excited to talk no a little doubt. postseason baseball. Thanks for following along. Yeah, man. We appreciate Absolutely. what you do. Mm-hmm. Well, man, we we like to ask all our uh, first-time guests these questions, so uh, I'll pop the first one to you. Um, you know, what made you choose Southern Miss, or what makes you an everyday eagle? Well, um, you know, I've, I, I'm originally from Moscow, Russia, but um, was adopted when I was younger um, and have lived here in Hattiesburg all my life, um, all all 20 years of my life, not quite in the 30s, so I can keep still keep track. But um, 
Um, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that was a jab, Lane. <laughs> Your day is coming, If you live long enough. Yeah. Um, but you know, my my grandfather, um, Bob Bob Mixon. Some of you listening to this might know. Um, alumni, one of the alumni founders, I think. Um, you walk in Circle of Champions, you'll see his name there. Um, graduated from Southern Miss, and then uh, my dad graduated from Southern Miss. Todd Mixon, he, um, and then so it was kind of, kind of destiny that I'd go to Southern Miss. Growing up a, a Southern Miss fan and Southern Miss enthusiast all my life, and then um, about two and a half years ago, picked this job, and you know you had to. With being on uh, on the beat or on a journalist side, you kind of have to put that fandom aside and and cover the team more um, more objectively, um, which was hard to do in the beginning. But now that I've been doing it for so long, you know, or I mean, not really that long, but now that I've been doing it for a good while now, it's been easier to 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 look at it more objectively. But yeah, just always always been in Hattiesburg, and Southern Miss was the team to to root for. Obviously, if you're in Hattiesburg, so. Um, so yeah, so my family's been around Southern Miss a long time, and and it's an honor to be able to uh, cover Southern Miss, especially at this time right now, where all athletics are seeming to be trending in the upwards direction, especially regarding football, regarding basketball, especially, and then obviously we're going to talk tonight about the, uh, the the continued dominance and legacy of the Southern Miss baseball program. Amen, man. And uh, can I can I ask how old you were when you come to the states from Russia? Yeah, eighteen months. 18 months. Okay. I was going to say, you don't, I have a really good friend named Lauren. Um, and she was adopted from Russia, but she still has a little bit of that, that accent and, and you don't. So I was just wondering, you know, what the age difference was. She was like, I want to say she was like eight or nine when okay. she came over. Gotcha. So tell us awesome. about your job. Some Dima, like what, yeah. uh, who are you employed by? Obviously you're a writer for sports. So tell us a little bit more about your job and stuff, all that. How can people see your work and, all that yeah, stuff. for sure. So I'm I'm employed by the Southern Miss Student Media. Um, so it's entitled SM2 is what we call it. Um, so SM2.com is where you can find all of all of our articles, all of our all of our you know good good things on Southern Miss baseball sports. You'll also find news on there. I don't typically cover news. We have people there for that, but it is a an, an all. Uh, all you know, news organizations. So you're going to have news. You're going to have opinion articles. Um, but I'm the lead sports writer and the sports writer for the Prince. Uh, the Student Prince is the newspaper that goes around the campus, and uh, so it comes out every single week for students to read. Um, but as far as the sports side, which I know that people listening to this are more interested in, we have our own podcast, which is called the Fourth Street Sports Show, and that's where we run all of our um, all of our sports work from. You can follow that on Twitter. And on Apple Podcast, um, and then um, follow me on Twitter as well. Like um, like they were saying, you know, at Diva Mixon, um, really just try to put out a lot of stuff on there. Um, but you know, just my job, for example, you know, just just it's honestly just like a, a normal beat writer would do. I'm just a, just a little bit younger than everybody else doing it. Um, you're gonna go to the games, you cover the game, tweet out the stuff, take photos, and um, go to post game press conferences, interview the coaches, and just. One thing that we've liked to do is bring an alternate ex- perspective um, to journalism, sports journalism. So whereas you might read stuff about um, the team in general and stuff like that, we bring an alternate alternate aspect of that because we're actually students of the university. We see these players that 
that the fans root for every single every single week. We see them in class. You know, we'll see them walk into Starbucks, we'll see them in Chick Fil A, whatever it is, and we'll able to engage with them there. And I think that that just kind of what gives us an advantage in certain story ideas and stuff like that because we're able to connect with them in a more student way because we are still students of Southern Miss um, in a little bit different way than a lot of other journalists and a lot of other papers or people covering the team would do. So that's kind of our, like, this is why you would want to follow us. But, you know, uh, I it's a great job, and I really enjoy that people are able to see our stuff. And we're, we've really grown over the last year, for sure. Yeah, you guys do a great job, man. Y'all really do. So it's a good follow, guys. Good podcast. Go check it out. It's 4th Street Sports Show, right? Didn't I got it right? Yeah, it's a good podcast. Go check it out. Dima does a great job, man. We appreciate hey, what you, you do. You. So it's an honor. Now can can they find that on Spotify or is it yeah, Twitter? Yeah, so or? the podcast yeah, okay. is on any any normal podcasting platforms. You know, it would be Apple Podcast, Spotify. I don't even know all the other ones. Amazon Music is that even a thing? I don't even know. I, I'm so out of how many things you can stream stuff on. But um, <laughs> on right. uh, YouTube as well, we you can go on YouTube onto Southern Miss Student Media. That's where we post most of our the post game interviews. We like to post the entire thing because it's hard to find that. You know, we were noticing that back in the football season, mm-hmm. nobody was posting the po- post game press conferences, and I'm like, well, if I was a fan, I would want to hear what the post game press conferences were like. So we try to post it every single time. Um, so go on that if you ever want to see what Scott Barry or the players have to say after a game because it's always going to be there. I'll always upload it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's good info. So what's the dream job when you once you're done with Southern Miss? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I don't major in journalism, which might be a shock to a lot of people. Um, it's not something that I came into college thinking I was going to do. Um, so I actually I major in political science, believe it or not, um, pre-law because um, I – have a a found um or just an an absolute obsession with politics in general so my my goal was to become a senator of the united states actually um coming into college nice but now that i've 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 seen the the path of my life kind of change going into sports journalism just because of the growth and the the feedback from from the from the listeners and from the readers and from y'all and from everything you know i've seen that this is maybe the calling of my life and um uh, so I do want to just be a cover, a great beat somewhere. Southern Miss is a terrific beat to cover. Don't get me wrong for sure. So if it, if it does stay here, you know, that'd be awesome. But, you know, somewhere maybe worth a, um, a just a great, great athletic department and any, any, any big, you know, beat would be amazing. Um, but Southern Miss is just as good as, I mean, you I have to shout out to Jack Duggan who runs the communications, man. He does a great job. There's, Really, I mean, there's no complaints for me at Southern Miss. So if it stays here, that's awesome. If it's somewhere else, that's awesome too. So, I got you, man. That's great. That's great. Lane, any other questions you wanted to ask him, man? No. Can I ask him the next question we ask our guests usually? Yes, you can, man. One. Fire away. All right. So the next one is, uh, what is your favorite Southern Miss mm. moment? Well, you know, I, I there, since becoming on the beat, you know, you've had to look at it objectively, but I can go back to when I was more of the the, the fan. I, I remember when I was eight years old, um, my family, my dad and I traveled to Houston to go watch Southern Miss play in the 2011 Conference USA Championship game. 
And I remember we were sitting in the box, and I will never forget walking into that stadium. And I was eight, and I still vividly remember it. I remember them, the Houston fans, like, spitting on us and, like, cursing at us and all these things. Like, we'll never do this, we'll never do that. And I'll just never forget when, um, oh, I can't, I think it was, um, it was either Jamie Collins or, or somebody else. They took the the Houston quarterback Case Keenum and his jersey and slung him back like ten yards in the fourth quarter. It was Jamie right. Collins. It was. I, it like I'm eight years was. old and I'll still never forget that. That was one of the the greatest mo- sports moments that I've ever seen. Um, but I mean, I'll tell you what: watching Southern Miss win the 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 regional last year in baseball too. That was the first time I I had seen them win a regional. At, you know, because 2009 I was. Six, I think, and I wasn't really watching baseball back when I was six. So <laughs> that was the first time playing on right, the playground. Like, yeah, I was probably more interested in like Lincoln Logs, but um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I that was so that was the first time I got to witness Southern Miss breaking through what, what was called the the regional curse, you know, and the, the nightmare on Fourth Street in 2017. Like I remember all of that, and um, but to see them break through last year, that was a pretty cool moment. Um, yeah, there's a lot, but I, I'll, I'll, every time somebody asks me that, I always say that 2011 Conference USA title game. I'll never forget that. So you said you were eight, right? Yeah, that would have been, I would have been eight. I was almost turning nine. Yeah. It was right before my birthday. Okay. I, I was in was college. On the field. <laughs> I was on the field. I was in college as a manager. So there you go. And Chuck was probably. What graduated and five years into your I current graduated career? To, I graduated two thousand eleven. <laughs> thank you very much. I'm messing with you. Uh, thank you very much. I, I exaggerated a bit, uh, old Chucks, but uh, yeah, I was in college on the field minute. back then. So, yeah. old men. <laughs> and you know, I you, I've never heard, and I could be wrong, but I've never heard the uh, 2017 series called "The Nightmare on Fourth Street." I kind of like that. I mean, that's pretty pretty creative. Have you ever heard it, Lane? No, but it's a pretty accurate description. Very accurate. Nightmare on Fourth Street. I like it. Oh, that's somebody asked me the other day to rank like the most devastating sports moments of my life, and that was number one. It genuinely yeah. was number one. Like oh. having having state come and put us out of a It was just after you waited through the entire rain delay and everything. Like I put that at number one. I was like. I left the stadium at 1 a.m. and was just furious at everything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a pretty accurate description. Crazy. Well, uh, uh, am I missing any more questions, Lane? Oh, no, man, I, I think yeah. we're ready to check in with the guru on some uh, some mailbag information. Yeah, see if he's, he's awake. I know that we do have, Peyton, correct me if I'm wrong, we do have to address something that was talked about last week, correct? You know, we, we certainly do. We In do. fact, we had a fan that wrote on our social media, Mickey Kelly, thank you for doing this. And he, he wrote in on one of our posts, I think right after we won the Sunbelt uh, championship game and he wrote on our post and he said it's time and then put a little gif of a penguin <laughs> coming down the hill like in the middle of the arctic or whatever and so i think we need to address something lane you know it's time like the penguin it was, it was pretty funny i'm not gonna lie i laughed <laughs> it was it was, it was hilarious and so dima what has happened here <laughs> 
is Chuck told the listeners that I agreed to wear a penguin costume. Now, keep in mind, multiple people heard him say to this. A sport. No, yes. they did not. People yes. just agreed yes. so they could see me wear I mean, this like costume. Katie Kelly. And I mean, we've got all kinds of witnesses. People have said they heard me say it, but I've never actually come out and said it. But mm. Blake from Biloxi, I believe, right? Blake from Biloxi. Josh. Josh, Josh from Biloxi. Sorry, Blake from Biloxi made... Sorry, that... That uh, it just I don't know. I guess the BB thing. Josh from Biloxi backed me in a corner last week and said, "Seriously, what's it gonna take?" And they gave me a week to decide what it was gonna take for me to wear a penguin costume. Mm-hmm. And I've gone back and forth, guys. I was thinking about something to do with football conference championship. I thought about, you know, basketball making the NCAA tournament, and then I decided, you know what, no. Let's put this in the hands of listeners here. So there is a metric that Pate uses called unique listeners. Describe Mm -hmm. that for us, Pate. Basically what that is, it's a total count of the number of listeners, uh, basically individual unique devices that download and listen to our show every week. And what do we normally average, Pete? Last week, like in a week, last week I think we had 107. But we normally average yes. a few more than that, right? Normally, normally within the span of a week. Um, typically, I think right now we're at, in total, I th- think it's uh, 347 last time I checked. Um, yeah. Individual unique devices. That's over the last 28 days, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's say this, and that's we've grown to that from what six at this point last year <laughs> when we first More started the show. Us so and our mothers. We've grown a lot, right? So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna leave it out there till next year's end of baseball season. So it's a challenge that's gonna go the whole year here, right? <laughs> He's hoping people will forget it. Oh yeah, ever, no, 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 no. It's, it's if y'all recorded. ever hit it, no. Listen, if you hit it, I will wear it when we hit it. Oh, okay. So, so if it's they an ongoing goal next here. Week, then you have from here you. till next year. Okay. So, uh, let's say seven hundred unique devices in a week. In a week, seven hundred. In a week. Wait. Or a month. I say a week. <laughs> he said a uh, week. Yeah. You mean? Well, no, we're at 107 <laughs> right now. That's is that normal pay? 107. Uh, somewhere between 107 to about 120, maybe 30. Okay, I'll knock it down to 500. But y'all gonna have to work for it now. Good. Going to do something. <laughs> 500. We hit 500 listens in a week. You got it. There you go, listeners. All right, listeners, do your thing. Hey, if you want it, look, you're at 130 normally. Yeah. You're right in there. Go Mm -hmm. recruit five people to listen to the show. They need to recruit 370. Unique devices. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. 500 in a week. That's the the goal here. 500 unique listens in a week. You hit that, I'll wear the penguin costume. There we go. All right. And I will say this. I asked Chuck today before I made this decision 
to send me a picture of the penguin costume, and it is hideous. So yes, it is. It, it is not. <laughs> like I was hoping it was just like a. I was hoping it was like a mask or something. No, it's awful. Yeah. But hey, yeah. it's in y'all's hands. Y'all want it? Mm-hmm. You'll get five. You know, yeah. Hey, five hundred people total. Nice. Recruit sure. five buddies to listen. If all of you do that, you'll have it in a week. No doubt. Cool. There you go. All right, well, Peyton, what's our other questions? We've got two questions sent in this week, so get excited. Hot damn! All right, so first question up we've got from Mr. Chandler Johnson, and Chandler has written in and asked, who should pitch Friday at the first regional game, Tanner or Billy? Ooh, that and I can tell you oh, right gosh. now, as we're recording, that is a hot. It is a hot topic. topic right now on Twitter, coming out and firing. on Eagle Post. So well, why don't Boy, why don't we give the professional a, a chance to answer Mist- first? Yeah, Dima, uh, Dima, go ahead save and, us. <laughs> go first. Let, yeah, we'll we'll let you take the fall. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would just say the question is what we would do or what they're going to do. Well, yeah. What who? Well, yeah, I, guess I think Diva's about to have the exact same answer I'm going to have. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whichever you want, whichever one you who, want to answer. Well, it's very should pitch very Friday, simple. Tanner Hall will be pitching on Friday, and I don't think that there's anything in the metrics to, right. to to deny that. I mean, I think that if this were the case, if they were to hold Tanner, they would have done it last week because Billy Oldham pitched basically a no hitter the first time he saw James Madison, and. I mean, it would have been if, – if this was the way that Scott Berry does baseball, he would have pitched Billy Oldham first against James Madison and, and held Tanner for a Troy matchup that has way stronger bats. That's actually a regional team, so that's a regional lineup. I don't, wouldn't, I wouldn't really ta- say that Troy is that far off than Samford. I'm pretty, probably pretty much the same, honestly. Um, so, yeah, you throw Tanner Hall game one, no doubt. I mean, because I, I come back to this question every single time somebody asks me this, and, like, I'm like, well, what do you do if you lose the first game? I mean, then you're kicking yourself that you didn't throw Tanner. And, um, you know, you you got to you got to you got to throw your best guy. You I mean, uh, actually, Tanner Hall said it today when we talked to him at Mugshots. He was talking about how, um, like, that they have to come with their their best in every game. And if your best player is Tanner Hall, you throw Tanner Hall. I don't. I mean, it is. It's, I mean, and, and I understand the, the saving of the arm, and I, and I get it. I get that we're most likely looking at a Saturday night Auburn-Southern Miss matchup. But, you know, Tanner is your is the best player on the baseball team, and there's no question. And you throw him in the first game of an NCAA regional. Um, and I think if last year is any indication that that, that is the case, then, then that is definitely what, what you're going to see. And, I mean, outside of Hurston pitching – game one um, of the Super Regional. I don't think that Scott Perry has ever switched up his 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 rotation. I think the question that everybody should be asking, honestly, is whether or not Armistead is going to be maybe the third guy, yeah. the third guy who comes, and, and, mm. and potentially even the second guy with the way he's pitched over the past couple of oh, weeks. Yeah. Um, that would be a question that I would be more intrigued in debating because I think that it's a no-brainer that you, that you throw to mm. him all game one. Mm. Right, and Armistead definitely has a lot of promise. I think going forward in this program, no doubt about For that. Sure. But all right, Lane, why don't you answer next? All right, he's gonna throw Tanner. 
I'm going to go ahead and fix like all that. Like Scott Berry, if you paid attention to the way we do baseball here, any over the course of his tenure here, he throws his best pitcher game one. You got to win the first one. That's what he's going to do. Now, selfishly, I have said for you, like I go back to like the Fayetteville Regional. I wanted to see Nick Sandlin versus Arkansas so bad. And I go back to even last year. I wanted to see Tanner versus LSU. Well, you got to see Tanner versus you know, LSU on Monday. We there. did. We saw like an inning of it. Sorry, I think he had three or something. Yeah, but like you know, a, a fresh Arstud versus the SEC school that thinks they are God's gift to baseball. I would love to see Arstud just go out there and mow down this conference team that you know this team from this conference that just. You know, like I want to see our stud go mow down SEC schools. I really, really do. But on the other hand, if you lose that first game because you underestimated your opponent, because if I'm Sanford and we don't throw Tanner Hall, I'm mad at us. I'm like, you don't like you underestimate. Why give them a fire under them? And I'm very much of the belief you've got to you've got to honor and respect who you play against. And I'm also under the belief that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't go messing with the ro- rotation. If if Tanner Hall's used to pitching first games, let him pitch the first game. And so, you know, I think we should throw Tanner, and I think we will throw Tanner. However, everybody that wants to save Tanner, I just want to say I get it. <laughs> like I get, I get what you want to see. I would love to see it too. However, as a baseball fan at Southern Miss and a person who firmly believes respect every opponent by throwing your best at them, I think we, I think Tanner Hall's the right move for the first game. So, Tanner Hall Friday. That's what I'm gonna say. Saturday, I still think you go Billy because I think he's used to throwing game two, and I think. Will's the game three guy. So that's that's my opinion on it. I think, guys, I don't know. Adams doesn't seem – he doesn't seem fully healthy to me or something. Like, I don't – he doesn't seem like his normal self out there. Um, like, you know, he's had really, really good outings before, and he just – I don't know what's going on lately. I, like, I wonder if he's dealing with a nagging something or something like that. But um, I do like the Adam slash Mazza slot we have in the rotation that we do where we use both of them. I do like that. So I think it'll go, again, if I were running the rotation, which thankfully I'm not, okay, but if I were in charge of the rotation, it would go Tanner Hall, Billy Tanner Hall Friday, Billy Saturday, and then game three would be Will Armistead, and then game four would be a combination of Nico and Adams. That's what I would do. But, again, Christian Ostrander's the wizard for a reason, and I don't question him, Chuck. I don't question him. I did it one time when he first started. I know. In 2016, and you're still kicking yourself yeah. for it. That's why you don't. That's why you don't question men who are eight million times smarter at baseball. Right. Than you are. I didn't know that then. <laughs> <laughs> In Oz, right. we trust. 
Well, I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, not to beat a dead horse, obviously it's going to be Tanner. Um, mm-hmm. Two reasons why I, I support the Tanner thing is obviously one, you want to win game one. I mean, yes, if you win game one and lose game two, you're still one and one. Um, you know, somebody said that in another chat we're in. But if if push come to shove and we've got, you know, a game on Monday night and Tanner can come in for a few innings like he did against LSU um, and give us just a little bit extra, then that, I think, is beneficial. I think that's why you do it. And two, what do you say to to Billy or to, you know, to Will or whatever when you walk up and you say, hey, look, we want um, – and, yes, I agree with, with Dima. Tanner is number one pitcher, All-American, you know, pitcher of the year. I totally get it. But what do you do to that confidence if you come in and you say, hey, we don't think that you're going to be as good against Auburn potentially. So what we're going to do is we're going to pitch you against who we think is a weaker team. Um, Mm. That's going to shell their confidence, and who knows what happens then. Um, You know, Elaine and I talked about this at lunch. So I think you you dance with the girl who brung you, you know, Tanner, Billy, and then Mm. see what happens after that. Yeah, and I'll just add to that that um, just on the back end. Um, yeah, and they were warming up Tanner and Billy in that championship game on Sunday mm-hmm. in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. So you could definitely see a, a potential of Tanner coming back and, and pitching in a championship game, which I would argue that fans would much rather see him pitch in a regional Absolutely. than the, than, than the 1-0 winner's bracket game. Um, because... Honestly, like, I think out of the four teams in this regional, if there's anybody who could come out of a winner's bracket game, it's definitely Southern Miss, given their goal. For sure. So, mm-hmm. not saying, obviously, Southern Miss fans don't want them to lose, and, like, they're not going to want to lose the 1-0 game. But, you know, let's just say, hypothetically, if you threw, you know, you, you threw Nico Mazza or, 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 or a Billy Oldham in that game one, and then, you know, they won it, and then you throw Tanner Hall game two, and you lose – then what do you do is, is, is the thing like, and then you're right. not, you're not going to have the ability mm-hmm. to bring them in in the, in the regional final. You're not going to have the ability. It, it just throws off the whole pitching staff. And that's a, that's a, that's a big reason. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it was different last year. That's a big thing. Like it was different last year because you had a Tanner Hall, but then you had Hurston Waldrop who could right. do exactly what Tanner Hall did. And you didn't, we weren't, I mean, there was no discussion about, well, are they going to – it was just who they're going to throw first. It wasn't like, well, they should save mm-hmm. this guy, save this guy. That was not the question. It was who they're – it was really just like, well, just Tanner Hall or Hurston going to pitch. You know, right. that was the same way in the Super Regional. So, um, which they did flip it. Um, but, so, we'll see. I mean, I, I would be, like y'all, shocked if Tanner Hall doesn't throw. But I would say I, would, oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't throw. I would be shocked if he doesn't. But I wouldn't be surprised. I don't even know if that makes sense. That kind of is a contradiction. But total, no. But no like, yeah, we get it. It would be like, oh, well, they're going to do it, you know. But they're not going to do it. Mm. <laughs> right. Can't. Yeah, and and for me, I I cannot disagree with any of you on this, um, especially when it comes to the lineup. You know, if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. Um, for me, it kind of goes back to superstitions, you know, in terms of baseball. Of course, y'all know all about the baseball superstitions. I'm not superstitious, but I'm I am a little stitious. 
Uh, I'm just a little stitious, if we, if you will. So I, I don't want to mess with the rotation, to be perfectly honest with y'all. I mean, great points all around. Uh, well, well said. When I give the rundown on Samford's Friday night guy, it'll make a little more sense. Why don't we better throw Tanner? Good to know. Just going to leave it at that. Good to know. All right. Well, with that being said, let's let's dive into this second question. This was submitted by Mr. Dwayne Arnold, and he writes in and asks, uh, what's your favorite uniform that the baseball team wears? It seems that they always win big when they are wearing the gold. Oddly enough, I cannot disagree with that um, when it comes to the gold, and it's not just also because... Uh, Chuck and a few other people gave me a gold jersey for my recent graduation. Thank you, Chuck, and my fellow coworkers. Y'all are awesome. Um, but I, I, I can't disagree with that. They do seem to win big when it comes to wearing the gold. Uh, what do y'all think in terms of what's your favorite uniform? Lane, what you got? My favorite's the gold the gold mm-hmm. jersey, mm-hmm. eagle script across the front of it, and then I mm-hmm. like the pinstripe pants with it. Mm. I'm going to go that. What we wore, was that the championship game we wore that in or game two on Saturday? May have been both. I don't remember. I think it was both. Yeah. That's my favorite one, though. I just mm. love those gold jerseys, man. Yeah, I do too. All right, Chuck, what you got? I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, you know the the Southern Miss script across the front with the uh, gold bands around the you know the collar and the arm. Um, I really do like those, uh, but I do agree. And I actually thought of this yesterday myself, and I was like, we're wearing the same uniforms that we wore Saturday when we won. Um, so mm-hmm. I think I, I think the the I would love to know, Dima. This might be some good homework for you, man. Uh, look up our record for each homework uh, uh, uniform. You know what the record is per uniform. That'd be cool to know. Um, huh. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I, I like the gold. I like the gold too. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think the I think the pitcher selects the uniform that they wear. Um, really? I, I think that was really the, the big deal last year that. Because um, I remember Southern Miss wearing, um, I, can't, I can't remember. So like the, we didn't know who was pitching um, in one of the games. I can't remember if it was in the regional or super regional. And I noticed the pins, and I was like, "Oh, Tanner Hall's pitching." Then and then they came out with this, the lineup because Friday. So if you notice Friday, they always wear the pins because Tanner Hall's pitching. Um, and yeah. then Saturday they wear those Southern Miss stripes because. Matthew Adams likes wearing those. And then the Sunday is generally the gold because Billy Oldham likes those. So, um, and then last year was a little different where they would wear the cream Southern across and that was Nico Mazza. So they so yeah. switched those to, um, to the midweek matchups. So they would, because Nico was starting midweek, so they'd wear the, 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 the cream Southern. But my favorite oh, by sure. far is the, the pinstripe um, uniform. Um, I just... It's so traditional and it looks so good. It looks so clean. They're like one of the few teams in baseball who who does it, and I really hope they wear those. Uh, they're definitely going. You know, I don't know if, what how the home team stuff is figured out. I think it's higher seat. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. but I hope they wear those this weekend because I just I, I love the look of those. But also like the black USM jerseys. Those look mm-hmm. clean too. Mm-hmm. 
I did not know that. That's that's interesting. I always thought it was something that, you know, Barry or Creel or someone just came up with, you know, if because I've seen them wear the jerseys in multiple series or, you know, multiple like regionals yeah, or I think uh, in conference OG. championships and they'll redo them, which it make, makes sense, you know, back to superstition and like you won the last one, keep it going. I get it. So, but that's interesting. I had no idea that was a, that was a pitch. Yeah, that's, call. that's kind of, that's what we heard last year. Um, and I think in, like you're saying in the postseason, I think they just wear the uniform that they want in because <laughs> they won, they won the mm, pinch right. until they exactly. lost to the state and they wore the gold and they wore the gold on Sunday because they won with it. On yeah. So. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think about an all black uniform, black pants, black Jersey? Would y'all be against that for it? Uh, um, nah. Be pretty I, I don't know. I just I can't see it. I don't, I don't I think it might look cool. I mean, it works for football with the black shoes and everything. Man, whatever. Black shoes and all. Whatever. By the way, did you hear what the announcers were saying on ESPN about? Uh, it was Etzel him switching shoe colors. Nah. Over the weekend, so I think he said he said one of the announcers said that uh, Edsel was talking to uh, Coach Denson, and basically Denson said it's the shoes, man. You gotta switch out the shoes. So apparently, when Edsel switched out from black shoes to white shoes, he started hitting home runs, and apparently <laughs> it just lit him up. So he's been oddly enough, he's been wearing white shoes. I've never ever noticed since. so. Uh, yeah, that's uh, according to the ESPN announcers from this uh, weekend's championship. But they talked about that a couple of times. Uh, I think it was during the Saturday games, if I'm not mistaken. They had brought that up. And I was like, what the heck? And, I mean, it makes sense because, you know, halfway through the season, you know, Edsel just starts lighting it up when, when it comes to the bat. So, I mean, keep it going, Edsel. Keep those white shoes on there. <laughs> So. Well, Pay, do we have any more uh, mailbag questions? No, no more mailbag questions for this week. Um, but if anyone would like to submit a mailbag questions, please reach out to us on our Facebook or Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. Send us a message there at Everyday underscore Eagles or you can reach out to us via email at everydayeaglespodcast at gmail.com. Again, we love listening. Uh, we love listening to your questions and answering them here on the show. Uh, I really do think uh, whenever it comes to fan engagement, I mean, this is it. You know, we want you guys to be a part of the show. That's why we call it Everyday Eagles. You know, we don't want it to just be about us. It's about y'all, too. So thank y'all for sending in your questions. Yes, thank you. All right, why don't we fire up the holy cow? Holy cow! Chuck, what golden eagle made you say holy cow over this in, over this conference? Well, I, I, can I can I do a, a two parter? Is it all right if I do? I'm okay, doing two myself, so, so two yes, too. and I think yeah, Dima's okay. doing two also. So let's <clears> well, you know, the first me. one I'm gonna give it to is um, our boy DJ Lynch, Danny Lynch, who uh, hit that walk off against uh troy was it yeah um and then obviously had a home run 
against Louisiana. Like, I, I mean, you know. So I'm going to give it to Danny. And then, obviously, I don't know how you um, cannot talk about the uh, the tournament without mentioning Justin Storm. I just think he is getting better and better as the season goes. And if we get him back next year, I don't know if he's going to go in the draft. We'll see. But if we get him back, I honestly look for him to be a starter. Like, I'm calling it now. I really am. Friday night. Yeah. I don't know about Friday night, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I will say it now. <laughs> Diva's making faces at me. It's funny. <laughs> Maybe we, we, we can. All right. I can see it. Yeah. It's a storm warning every Friday That's night. Right. All right, Demo, what Golden Eagle athlete made you say holy cow over yeah, the Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I know that, you know, great points with Danny and I know Tanner Hall, I think, but I think, you know, you've got to go with Will Armistead, um, in my opinion. You talk about an elimination game where Southern Miss had to have it, and I know the bats got going in that game, but Will Armistead going for – um, pitching in a, a complete game, that's insane. I mean, if, I don't know if anybody was able to listen to the post-game press conference, but he you know, he, he actually tore something in his right arm, which um, uh, two years ago, I think, back in junior, uh, in high school or junior college, I couldn't remember. But, you know, he, he hasn't gone more than four innings since. And he went seven innings pitched, three hits, and um, no runs against an App State team who really just destroyed Southern Miss that morning off of their Sunday guy. Um, just, I mean, I think it was 14 hits, I think, to three. You know, this is an App State club who by far was tired and, you know, was playing their fourth or fifth game. But, man, Armistead, he's looking more and more like um, it, it's something else. It's something else to watch. And yeah. he he he's going to be, I think, he's going to be really, really key this weekend and potentially next weekend if they get, if they mm-hmm. get that far. And, you know, I am completely floored that he did not get an all-tournament team selection. And and I'm going to be honest, nothing against Tanner Hall. I believe Tanner Hall is one of the best pitchers in the nation. But almost, I, I feel like Armistead had some votes for the MVP of the tournament. Uh, am I, um, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I'm not sure when they voted and because... That, that's something that I was confused on. We never got a clear answer because, you know, it wasn't a media vote or anything like that. It was coaches. And um, so I don't know if they voted before the championship game because I don't think anything that happened in the championship game went into the vote. So that's why I think Tanner Hall probably got the, the nod because um, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, Will Armour said complete game, but Tanner Hall threw a nine-inning complete game. And, you know, that's really hard to do in I mean, I, I don't know. I think it was probably between both of them. And the guy that Louisiana threw Saturday, what was it, like 145 pitches between both coastal games? I mean, just an insane number. So I think either one of – all three of those guys probably were up there. But, I mean, Tanner Hall going nine innings complete is pretty, pretty incredible. Absolutely. All right, and my holy cow player – is going to be, I got two of them here. Obviously, I'm going to go Tanner Hall as mine. Okay, he was the most outstanding player. We already mentioned the shutout. Just an incredible game out of Tanner right there. And my other one's going to be Dustin Dickerson. Guys, he uh, he was an all-tournament team nominee too. 
Um, you know, hit two home runs in the tournament. Uh, had, let's see here, had RBIs in every single game of the tournament. Had base hits in every single game An amazing game of the bat tournament. flip in one game um, of the tournament. <laughs> had a bat flip that was A+. Plus. I mean, just... All in all, guys, Dustin was the definition of consistency at the plate the entire tournament. So um, he did a great job, too. So I'm going to go with Tanner and Dustin as my two. And I think that covers everybody except for maybe Sarge. I don't think we mentioned him. But Sarge also um, deserves mentioning here, too. And if you haven't noticed by now... We've pretty much gone down the baseball all-tournament team here, plus added a couple players of our own in here, too. But Sarge had base hits in in four out of the five games. Um, you know, he was just – he was seeing it really well, guys. His batting average at the plate was good there. Hit two doubles. Uh, had some RBIs mixed in there, too. Swiped a bag. Uh, in the championship game, so he he had a good game too. So uh, our all tournament selections, obviously, most outstanding player was Tanner Hall. Aside from him, Dustin Dickerson, Danny Lynch, and Sarge, all three made the all tournament team. And as we said, we kind of feel like Storm and Armistead got slighted for whatever reason. But yeah, that's, those are some good holy cow players, I believe. So, y'all ready to fire up the can't wait segment? Do it. Can't wait! All right, Chuck, what about this week makes you say I can't wait? Well, anyone that knows me knows what I'm going to say, and that is I can't wait to see if we stick it to the SEC team that stole a host from a – I'm not going to say us. I'm going to say Campbell. You know, I think Campbell should have hosted before us. Um, Definitely think we should have hosted before Auburn. Uh, but I can't wait to see if we stick it to an SEC team and uh, see what happens. That's what I can't wait for. Yeah, I'm hoping us and Campbell both right some wrongs that were made by the committee this weekend to knock out Auburn and South Carolina. So, big Camels fan over here this week too, guys. The Eagles and the Camels this week. So, Dima, what about this week makes you say Well, you I, I think it's, you know, it's it's kind of two things. Number one, obviously, just like you said, it's just fun to be back in postseason baseball and see Southern Miss again. You know, I think this is the fifth or sixth year in a row now that Southern Miss is going to have an SEC team in their regional, and um, it's fun every every time, no matter what happens. So it's just going to be fun back in postseason baseball. But I'm really looking forward to seeing some younger players step up and to see who those younger players are going to be. Whether it's kind of a guy like Cross Sibley who started the year off, you know, looking like, you know, just uh, Tanner Hall did, honestly, in his freshman year when he went to, I remember he went to the Oxford Regional and shut down that lineup. And Cross Sibley was, they were putting him in jams, man, that were like bases loaded, no outs, and he would get out of there with a strikeout and double play sometimes. And, you know, it was just insane what they were putting him into. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him um, and some of the other younger guys. Nick Monaster is a name that I think of. You know, what a season he's had. We're starting in the bullpen, but now, I mean, a no-brainer at second base of what he's done. And um, some of these younger guys who haven't experienced this before. And even a Tanner Hall, you know, he was telling us that, hey, he's never 
pitched at Auburn. Like this is a, I think it's new territory for everybody on this roster, and obviously because nobody they haven't played here since 2010. But it's just it, it, you know, it's fun. It's great to host, and I know that a lot of Southern fans probably feel like they were snubbed. I would tend to agree. And then we we talked to the NCAA chairman on the teleconference after the regional or after the this after the selection show and he really didn't even give an answer of why Southern Miss wasn't selected as a host and I and I think that honestly I, I I'm I was surprised I was surprised that Southern Miss didn't host um given the fact that they who they let host over them um if, if it was between them and like you said Campbell um you know maybe Campbell gets that nod or but against South Carolina or Auburn, you know, I feel like that those two, I feel like you definitely put Southern Miss as a Sunbelt champion in, especially given the, the pool they have in Mississippi. But all that aside, you know, it's just fun to be back in the regional. I think it's going to be really awesome to see the the younger younger players step up in big moments. And, and players you, you really don't know might step up in big moments. And I, and I point you right back to Justin Storm last season, really not a name that really anybody, um, you know, you know, he pitched some, but nobody knew him like they did after that LSU game. So um, I think it'll be fun. You'll you'll learn some new names. You'll see some new plays. And it's another another script to be written in Scott Berry's history. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I agree with all that. Guys, my can't wait is I can't wait to see how our hitters do this weekend. Um, when you look at all these teams that we play – when you look at the the other three teams in the bracket, aside from Penn, which we're going to go into and do a dive into all these teams, aside from Penn, who has three starters who on paper, and again, guys, I hadn't really watched any of these teams play much that we're playing. I'm just going by what the paper, what what the numbers say here, and according to the numbers, guys, Penn has three bona fide, really good starting pitchers, but after them. Uh, the other two teams in the tournament, really, every team has a good starter, maybe two pretty good starters, and then it kind of falls off some. And I can't wait to see if our hitters can take advantage of that a little bit. So not trying to steal anybody's thunder on the rundowns. We're about to go over all that in a minute, but you'll see why I'm saying that in a minute because the pitching staffs by the numbers – our hitters, if we can get past these stud pitchers that each team has, we got opportunities to hang some runs, I think. Yeah, and they, and they struggle doing that. Southern Miss does sometimes. I mean, I think that that's kind of a concern going into this regional. Um, Southern, Southern Miss, Yeah, I, I would say especially against App State in the first game, really struggling to get starters out of games um, is a big, interesting caveat to a Samford where, you know, like you said, I don't want to take anybody's thunder, but they got some a really good Friday guy. Yeah, and it was super irritating, that first game versus out, because it just felt like we were hitting everything, just hitting it right at people, hitting weak pop-ups, hitting ground balls. Like, just couldn't square it up and drive the ball, you know? And so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what bats show up, and hopefully the ones that hang a bunch of runs on people show up. Because we've seen both this year. So let's dive into this rundown here, Pate. Beep, beep. All right, let's see. Let's start with the host team, Auburn, who I think Dima has given us the rundown on Auburn. So yeah, go ahead, I mean, Dima. Auburn, a team 
you know, that, like we've said, a, a real bubble host team, um, not a team that you would think that um, in general years would, would host a regional, but I guess this is the, this is the season where, you know, they're, they're ranked number 19 RPI. The, the committee went down the list, it seemed, until they got to Auburn and just kind of put Auburn in there. And it, I guess it kind of helps if you have your ADR as the chairman. But, you know, their strength of schedule, I think, is an interesting factor for the record, which the record right now is 34 and 21. Um, but their strength of schedule, which I think is a, is a metric that a lot of people forget, number 12 in the country. So that's that's pretty high. Um, that's a strength um, that they have the 12th hardest schedule in the nation. They have a winning record, and they have a winning record in the SEC at 17 and 13. Uh, had a nice showing out in Hoover, um, you know, one and two, which I don't think you're really disappointed out. Um, they took Vanderbilt to the wire. They took Alabama to the wire. And um, but Southern Miss, you know, uh, you know, I, I feel like this is honestly the best SEC team they could have drawn. Honestly, um, you know, we're talking about their pitchers. Obviously, Tommy Vale, that everybody's 16, 16 appearances, he had an ERA of three four six, sixty five innings pitched, forty one hits, um, twenty nine runs or twenty five only twenty five earned runs. He does have 77 strikeouts, which leads the team. But after that, I mean, you know, you have their, their next leading guy in strikeouts is at 41, um, which is, uh, I'm, I'm going to say his name so incorrectly, which is Christian Herb Hurlholz, I hope, as I'm saying that right. But he's kind of their second guy, so I'm assuming that that's the guy that Southern Miss will see on a Saturday night matchup, hypothetically, if, if that happens. Um, and, and his ERA is a steady 4.18. Um, uh, their team ERA is at 580. So, um, really nothing, nothing too bad about that. That's probably your typical, for, um, your typical, uh, SEC pitching staff. Um, so, you know, I, I think that I will say that, you know, this is a team that made the college world series last year and that is nothing to be, um, to, to look over. I mean, you still have a lot of the, the talent on that roster from last season on this, on this roster case in point, Bryson Ware. Um, I, I'm sure that everybody knows that, that name, 24 home runs this season for the Tigers, 77 hits all 11, two baggers. He hits a 356. Um, he's, he's on base percentage 1.190. So <laughs> really, really good hitter there. Then right after that, they got um, Cole, Cole Foster, bats at 336 with 13 home runs on the season and 72 hits. Um, so a lot of power on that offense. But on the back end, you know, uh, Nate Nate Larite, you know, with 175, you know, 215 for Caden Green. I mean, I, I don't think that past their fifth or sixth guy, this is a lineup that really scares you for power. Um, you know, only hitting 84 home runs this season. Um, you know, 14 for Cooper McMurray. Um, and so Cooper McMurray, Cole Foster, Bryson Ware, obviously names you want to know. But beyond that, I mean, this is a lineup I, th- I feel like the Southern Miss pitching matches up well against. Um, and I think that the, the, the Auburn's pitching matches up well probably against Southern Miss because you'll probably see a lefty um, in Christian. High, high, I'm going to say his name wrong. I'm going to say Christian <laughs> on Saturday night. So 
I, I, but I do think if you're a Southern Miss fan, you like this matchup. If you face, if this is the only, if this is, if you could pick between all the SEC teams, I think you want this one the most. And I really feel like Southern Miss got a great draw in which SEC team, which SEC regional they had. Because you know, if you go to somewhere like Baton Rouge, you're getting a lot more for your ticket to Baton Rouge than you are at a ticket to Auburn. Not diminishing Auburn at any means. And I will say that Auburn plays insanely well when they play at home. This is their second year in a row. They're hosting a regional, which is the first time in program history that's ever happened for them. And they play like they're a bat out of Hades, you know, in, in NCAA regionals last season. 19-7 to in the first game against Southeastern Louisiana. 21-7 to in the second game against Florida State. Then 14-4 to against UCLA in the third game. So they kind of go nuts at their home park in NCAA regionals. So that's nothing to kind of look over. So... A lot of factors going into the game, but I feel like that if you had to choose any SEC team to face, Auburn's a pretty good one for Southern Miss, and I think Southern Miss likes their chances. Very well said. Very well said. Good luck to me having to back that up, right, Chuck? Right. Having to follow that rundown. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and take the next one here. I'm going to take our first opponent of the weekend, which will be Samford. Um, so... Guys, the story with Samford here, there's a couple things I want to tell you. I'm going to start off with this pitcher that we've already kind of hinted at a few times here. This is why you throw your best and find a way to win this first game. Because they got a pitcher by the name of Jacob Cravey, number 33 on their team. Uh, he's a big kid. He's a righty, six foot six, 215 pounds, a uh, big kid from Andalusia, Alabama. Um on the season, in games that Jacob Cravey has started, they are 13-3 and three overall. Now, that's not saying his actual win-loss record is 9-2, and two, but in first game series of the first games of series this season, they are 13-3. and three. And obviously, he gives them a major advantage there. Um, and guys, when I was running the numbers here, there was a point where they were 1-3. So to put this in a bigger perspective for you, March 10th was the last time that Samford lost a first game of a three-game series. March 10th against LSU. So, guys, they, uh, they've played really well in their first games of series, and um, he gives them a big advantage here. Let's go over some numbers here on Cravey. Uh, he has a 3-1-9 ERA. Uh, he has 16 appearances. 15 of them have been as a starter. He has 121 strikeouts and 98 innings pitched and only, let's see, I just had it pulled up, and only 35 walks on the year. So 121 strikeouts to 35 walks, that's Tanner Hall-like numbers. Um, guys, he's a really good player. Now, once you get past him, their bullpen, um, you know, of the guys that have significant innings, you're looking at guys, one of them's a mid-four ERA guy, guy who's had a pretty good number of innings, the one who has the most innings for him, and he has a 4-2-9 ERA. That's Ben Petschney. And then after him, guys, the ERAs start climbing, and uh, their whole team ERA is six. So, um, 
the name of the game to me on Friday night is get crazy out of the game. However, we, I mean, find a way, run the pitch count up, uh, hit him around a little bit, do what you got to do, get him out of the game and get to the bullpen. That's the name of the game to me. Now, batting-wise, they're no slouches either. Again, I told y'all there's a reason why I said Tanner Hall is probably the best bet to start Friday. When you look at the home run numbers in this regional, Samford actually has the most homers on the season with 101 home runs. So Auburn being the second highest with 84. So 84 to 101, that's a pretty good ratio there of a difference between the two of them here. And when you're looking at Samford, guys, these big hitters you got to keep an eye out on. Uh, the biggest one is John Anderson, number 11. He has a... He has a 286 batting average, and he's hit 22 home runs. And he's um, a great country singer. Yeah. So, John Anderson, that that's number 11. So, when he's at the plate, all eyes need to be out there watching. Uh, Lucas Steele, number 18, is another one. 314 batting average, 16 home runs. And then they got another one. Josh Rodriguez, number 10, has hit uh, 11 homers on the season. His average is at 271. So, um, yeah, guys, they don't run a whole bunch. I looked at the numbers here. Uh, the ones who do run, there's two of them, Garrett Staten and Garrett Ho. So, or How or Ho, however you pronounce it, H-O-W-E last name. So, number three and number 27, those are the two that have swiped the most bags and attempted the most. When they're on base, three and uh, number three and number uh, twenty-seven, you need to be keeping an eye out for them to try to swipe a bag. And guys, really, that's the rundown on Sanford. Uh, their last ten games, they are on an eight and two um, record in their last ten games. They won the Southern Conference and they won it by winning. Catch this, guys! Three games in one day. Wow. They had to win three games in one day to win their conference tournament, and they did it. So it was impressive. You know, that's interesting. So that means there are three conference champions in this one regional. Yeah. They won it with three. They had to win three games in one day, and they did. They beat UNC Greensboro uh, on the 27th, March 27th. They beat UNC Greensboro and then turned around and beat Wofford twice. To win the championship so it's a it's a tough scrappy lineup guys they got hitters that can hit they got some good ones do they, they have catchers that, that can catch they might they just might Chuck. they got some they got some hitters that can really hit though they got one with over 20 home runs uh they have the most homers on the season and they got a friday night guy yep. who's pretty special so does that answer the question about who we throw friday I would add also. <laughs> so, uh, you can't go here. Yeah, I would also. They actually played Auburn in this the season. They got beat thirteen to three, and then Auburn actually canceled a game with them on May 9th. That was the game that Auburn canceled. It was against Samford um, due to RPI, which is funny because um, I don't know if it was rained out or RPI. It was one of them, one of the two, but. Uh, it's just funny because the, the, the committee chair, who's the Auburn AD, was talking about how bad RPI was and about how 
his biggest problem is canceling games and Auburn canceled the game with Sanford. And now look who coming into the Auburn regional lo and behold, it's the Sanford Bulldogs. So it's just an interesting little, just funny how Sanford ended up in this regional. It absolutely is. So yeah, guys, they're no slouch. You can't look past Friday. Friday's a big one. One game at a time. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Auburn and Sanford were in the losers bracket and Sanford put Auburn out? And they went zero and two. That would be wonderful. I would have, I would approve of that. I would approve. All right, Chuck, give us the rundown on my probably my personal favorite mascot of the tournament, the Quakers, the Quakers of Penn. Yeah, give us the rundown on the Penn Quakers. The Penn Quakers. So you know, I won't, I won't bore y'all too much. You know, I'm not a big statistics guy, but uh, they were 32 and 14 on the year, 16 and five in conference. They were the Ivy League tournament champions um i would think you know we were talking about this earlier in another group chat about who their ace would be to me your ace is uh is going to be who won the pitcher of the year for the ivy league which would be uh ryan drumbowski who uh as a freshman last year had a 5.40 era but come back as a sophomore and lit it up. He has a 2.87 ERA with a 7-2 record of a 12-game appearance. Um, after that, you look at Cole Safiro. I don't know if I'm saying that name right. He's a junior with a 3.23 ERA, and his record is 5-2. and two. Out of the bullpen, I think your, your, you know, your, your big person is Carson Osmer. Uh, he has a 2.17 ERA with a 1-2 and two record, 23 appearances, 6 saves, and 29 innings. Now, on the offensive side, uh, Wyatt Hensler, third base, with a 316 batting average, 17 home runs, and 60 RBIs. Uh, then you have Ben Miller, who plays first base with a 328 batting average, seven home runs, 43 RBI. Uh, Davis Baker, I mean, I can list every, just about everybody on this team, um, a majority of them are hitting above 300. Um, so these guys like to slap the ball a little round, uh, around a little, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But that's it. That's the, the, the short and sweet rundown. Yeah, also, they're on an eight-game win streak coming into this, and their pitching, their pitching yeah. has shown um, – their pitching has shown that it can handle the bigger opponent. I, I, and I know it was very early in the season, opening weekend, but, you know, they went down to Columbia, South Carolina, and held the a regional host, South Carolina. I mean, I think the Saturday game was like one nothing or something like that. And then um, the I – don't, I, I don't have it pulled up. But I, I just remember looking at it earlier today, and, and they were holding – a South Carolina team down on the ropes. And then that was a South Carolina team that was even more loaded than it was now. So it is now. So their, their pitching has shown that it can compete with higher level SEC competition. And so I don't think that Auburn, you know, should be overlooking a, a number four seat here. As a team, they have the lowest ERA going into this regional. So when you compare all team ERAs, there's a four. And then we come in right after them with a 4.6. And just to, to go off what Dima was saying, uh, I just looked up the South Carolina stats. Um, they lost all three games, but there was a 7-4 Friday victory, 1-0 uh, Saturday, and then 6-5 and 
on Sunday. So those are, I mean, games. that's not, yeah, those are tight games. The Quakers can pitch, boys. The Quakers can pitch. So it's a competitive regional for sure, top to bottom. Well, uh, any any other uh, final thoughts or questions or predictions? Predictions? Are we doing predictions? <laughs> yeah, you can do predictions, Eggs, man. Eggs by forty, boys. <laughs> um, I mean, I I would I could say that I think that, um, like I said a minute ago, I think that Southern Miss should be, you know, very very happy with the regional they got. I think it's very winnable. Do I think they win it? I, do I think they win it? I don't know. I say, I, I would say immediately no. I would say Auburn just in the way they, they play at home and in the way they play in the postseason probably has the edge, but it wouldn't. I don't think that it's so far off that Southern Miss wins this regional. Um, so I, I would say Auburn now, but that might change when I make my actual prediction article on Thursday. So <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope your prediction oh. is wrong, Dima. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you go over. No offense, man. <laughs> Unless you change it. Unless you change oh, it. man. I just think, you know, I, I'm happy with it. When I heard we, we got snubbed, the first thing I said was, I won't Auburn. So, so we got. Now, time for our guys to put it, you know, to go out there and put up for us, make it happen. Yeah. And not just put up for us. I mean, this is, you know, Scott Bear's last regional. So, guys, you know, lay it on the line. Leave it all on the field. Play play hard. And fans, if you get a chance to get some tickets and make it up to Auburn, go. It's beautiful out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dima, we appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Um, we appreciate all you do and for Southern Miss. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to one of my buddies here. He called me the Southern Miss Kendall Rogers over the weekend. I told him he deserved a shout out on the show for it. Anybody who knows me knows I follow Kendall Rogers like crazy. So he was just. Were you going to give him a shout out? Yeah, his name is Ross Bankston, my boy Banky. Oh, Banky. Shout out to Banky. You know him, Chuck. He sits by us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was he drinking or? I don't know. He was being overly nice. I don't know. I don't know if he was setting me up to ask for something or what, but he called me the Southern Miss Kendall Rogers. And I was like, that's the kindest thing you've ever said. Does that mean that you're always wrong or? No, it means I hate everybody's everybody's team, is what it means. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding, Kendall. We know Kendall listens to the show, so we're just kidding, Kendall. Of course. Um, awesome. Well, again, happy birthday, Lane. Um, we hope you have a wonderful birthday. And this week was also Memorial Day. If you have a loved one that lost their lives fighting for our country, thank you all so much. Um, thank you, veterans, if you're listening. Um, and uh, any other thoughts before we kick it a call it a good hey, night? Thank you, all thank for, you for your time, Dima. I mean, enjoy yes. it and uh, look forward to bringing you all some coverage in Auburn this weekend. Yeah, y'all go check out the Four Street Sports Show and the <laughs> follow YouTube. him on Twitter. Yeah. On, on Twitter, on the Twitter, on the on Twitter. The, it's a good follow the, on the, the Twitter. On the Twitter, yeah. Come, come join, come join. Just right, no yeah. doubt. Psychotherapy every single day. <laughs> hey, I'm a therapist. I can help you, man. 
<laughs> uh, well, thank you, Dima. Thank you, Lane. Thank you, Pate, for making us sound and look good. And we will see y'all in Auburn. And until next time, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.